the Financial Sense Lifetime Planning Program. Now, here's the Financial Sense News Team. Welcome, everyone, to Lifetime Planning. We are going to do a follow-up with the SECURE Act. It's quite complex, and there are a lot of features to it. We covered the first part last week. We're going to continue on this week with lead planner Crystal Colbert. And Crystal, let's get right into it. There's a lot of features that went into this law, and it's quite comprehensive. So let's start with for example, the Roth provisions that were added to this bill and how that'll affect our listeners. Right. So a lot of Rothification, as they call it, has been done within this bill. They're really trying to move into the Roth space and getting more individuals to pay their taxes up front and grow their assets tax-free. So one of the things that they did actually implement as of right now is individuals can actually open up a Roth Simple and a Roth SEP account. So obviously, any amounts that you're contributing to the Roth um, Simple or any type of Roth account is always going to be included in your gross income. But at least it can grow you know, tax-free going on forward. The only stipulation to that is obviously custodians have to get that up and running. So it's only just a matter of time as to when custodians will get that into full effect to allow for that to happen. In the past, there has been limitations on Roth contributions. How does that come into play here? Yeah. So I've been trying to look that up and there's just not enough information as of right now, because when you look at like a Roth 401k, there's no income limitations. But if you look at a Roth IRA, there are. So honestly, I think there's more information to come when it comes to that. So I'll definitely be on the lookout because we know me and I love my Roth. So I'll definitely have that information once it's readily available. Okay, let's move on to another provision, which is a one-time opportunity of 50000 to use a QCD. Explain a QCD in this $50,000 provision and also uh, take advantage of a charitable remainder unit trust. Right. So as of right now, they are now allowing for a one-time distribution using a qualified charitable distribution. So what that is, is you can take a qualified charitable distribution if you're 70 and a half or older, and you can take it from your IRA and it's not countable at, or counted as income to you. And it also satisfies your RMD. Now at 70 and a half, you're not required to take your RMD. So it's just really not reportable income. But what they're saying here and what this one-time opportunity is, is you can take that 50000 income tax-free and put it into a charitable remainder trust or a charitable remainder annuity trust one time for 50000 There are a lot of limitations when it comes to that. So it's not going to be as beneficial as most people would think just because 50000 is not that much. And just to set up a charitable remainder trust in general is very expensive. So it might not be the best new act that they put into place. I don't think it's going to be very helpful or many people are going to go along with it just because it's so limited. Also, one thing that they're not allowing is if you do open, say you have a charitable remainder trust already established, great. If you're going to use a qualified charitable distribution to fund it, you can't have any other assets within that trust already funded. So it has to be all 50000 from a qualified charitable distribution inside of that one trust. So because of the limitations, I don't think it's going to be as popular as they think it will be. All right, let's move on to household employees are eligible now for SEP IRAs. Explain that one. 
Yeah, this was an interesting thing because now it's going to allow for a lot of individuals if, you know, they have nannies and they want to keep their nannies employed with them, um, they can actually put them on as a household employees and open up a SEP IRA for them. And now that there's Roth SEP IRAs coming into effect as of this year, it might be a really interesting way to retain those household employees. So it's never been able to be a thing and now it is. So uh, it's nice to see that they're doing that. Now, something else that they did, they're reducing the penalties for, let's say, under withdrawal on RMDs, on IRAs. But another one they're eliminating is the 10% penalty on distribution of earnings on excess contributions. Let's talk about that and how does this play out? Yes. So they used to always assess that 10% penalty on the earnings if you were under the age of 59 and a half. Now, as long as you fix it on time and get rid of that excess contribution before, you know, October 15th of the year after the year for which the contribution was made. You don't have to pay that 10% penalty anymore. The only thing that you will have you will be responsible for is paying, you know, the income from the excess contribution that you made. So any of that will be taxable to you, but you won't have the penalty to hit again. So <laughs> it won't be a double whammy anymore. Oh, okay. Now, one of the things that they wanted to do in this law was to encourage employers to set up 401k plans, and they've allowed some tax credits. Let's talk about this and how would this benefit an employer if they wanted to set up a plan? Yes. So this is huge, especially for smaller employers that don't have 401k plans already set up. This allows for not just, you know, a 50% tax credit that they've done in the past. This is a full 100% tax credit for administrative costs that come with setting up the 401k plan. And it can range anywhere from $500 to $5,000 for setting that up. So the tax credit is pretty significant and pretty nice for any employers that don't have that 401k already in place for their employees. Now, what about uh, the additional credit of up to $1,000 for employer contributions made for employees earning less than 100000 yeah. So as if the first tax credit wasn't that sweet, they also sweeten the deal by allowing for any contribution that the employer makes for the employee. If they're earning less than $100,000, they'll credit up to $1,000 per employee for any contributions that the employer makes. So it really sets it up very nicely to start those plans this year. So you can take advantage of the credit and any employer contributions that you make to your employees. Now, in addition to that, they're making some changes with 529 plans, catch-up plans, and a number of other issues affecting 401k and 403b plans. Let's talk about not only just as we have been previously speaking about the 2023 provisions, but there's also new provisions that will go into play next year in 2024. Let's begin with that. Yes. So this is one of my favorite ones that actually came about. I feel like 529 plans have really been limited just because everyone thinks that, oh, if you don't use the 529 plan money towards college, maybe your kid doesn't go to college or, you know, they take an alternative route. This will allow for individuals who set up their 529 plans for their kids early enough. They'll actually be able to transfer some of the unused assets from the 529 plan into a Roth IRA. So there are a fair amount of limitations when it comes to this. So one of the stipulations is obviously if you're going to move funds from the 529 plan into a Roth IRA, the beneficiaries have to match. 
So it's a nice way to, if you do have unused assets in the 529 plan, to start setting up your kid or the beneficiary with a Roth IRA. Obviously, when it comes to a Roth IRA, there does have to be earned income. So you want to make sure that the beneficiary of the Roth IRA is working. You do have to make sure that the 529 plan was in place and maintained for 15 years or more. So really starting off a 529 plan when an individual is born is probably one of the best things you can do if you're going to start implementing this 529 plan rule. Um, because then, you know, after 15 years has passed, you can actually start moving over those funds into a Roth IRA for them. One of the last stipulations is the last five years of contributions within the 529 plan are not eligible to be moved over to the Roth IRA. So you will have to wait. Obviously, if, if it has been within five years, you'll have to wait to make sure that that period has passed in order to move any of those funds over. You can contribute up to whatever the Roth IRA annual limit is into from the 529 to the Roth with a maximum amount, lifetime amount of 35000 into the Roth from the 529 plan. Now, something else that they're doing, we've seen with inflation, they're indexing social security checks, they're indexing the tax brackets. Now they're going to start indexing the IRA catch-up contribution, but it's going to be done in $100 increments. Explain that one. Yeah. So it's nice to see that they're finally going to start indexing for inflation, some of these things. Uh, so one of the things that they did index is the IRA catch-up contribution. So as of right now, that catch-up contribution is $1,000. So with inflation, they'll bump that up um, and continue to increase it, but in $100 increments. So you know, if you have like a 5% increase and or there's like a $5 increase, it'll be actually $100 instead of the $5. So it'll go in nice $100 increments going forward. So it's not a weird number to remember every time or every year. And they're also indexing charitable contributions. It's kind of nice. There's been a number of things from IRA contributions, Roth, that have not been indexed with inflation. Now that we're in a period of inflation, they're starting to do that. So what are they going to do with the qualified charitable distribution? That is going to be indexed as well? Yes, that is. So as of right now, the maximum annual contribution that you can do as an individual is 100000 for a qualified charitable distribution. So now going forward, starting in 2024, they're going to be indexing that for inflation as well. So it'll consistently be moving up each year. Okay. Now, they also put in a provision for employers that have no retirement plan. The SECURE Act provides for a starter 401k and a 403b plan. How would that work? Yes. So for employers that obviously don't have the 401ks implemented and started, they'll actually allow for what they call a starter 401k or starter 403b, where it does limit the salary deferrals to whatever the IRA contribution limits are. So as of right now, the IRA contribution limit is 6500 for 2023. So whatever it is in 2024, if they move it up, that will be the max amount that they can actually defer along with obviously the catch-up contributions if you're over 50, which is as of right now, $1,000. And, and they're also talking about some future changes that are going to come about. I mean, this thing goes from 2023 all the way to 2027. Let's begin with 2025, what goes into effect. 
Yeah. So another thing is the simple IRA will have catch up contributions increase. So like the 401ks where it's applicable during age 60, 61, 62, and 63, the catch up limitation is limited to $5,000 or the amount equal to 150% of the age 50 catch up limit in effect as of 2025. So whatever that catch up limit is for age 50, it'll be 150% of that for 2025. So it's another weird rule that they put into place, like the 401ks, where you only have that certain amount of time where it's increased, but it is something nice to allow for a little extra catch-up contributions going forward. And 2026? Yes. So they have what they called qualified longevity annuity contracts or QLACs. So starting in 2026, they're going to increase the amount. I believe right now it's about 135,000. But as of 2026, they're going to increase that amount to 200000 And what those basically do, it's a deferred annuity. So you can take, like this is saying, up to 200000 put it into this QLAC, and it allows you to defer taking any of the distributions from like your IRA or your 401k. And the maximum that you can defer it to is age 85 but it ultimately will just help out with any RMDs that you have in place because obviously you have to start taking that at 73, 75, that sort of thing. So it does defer it a little bit longer. So you have that income going forward. And then basically what a QLAC does is it just has a deferred stream of income starting at 85 or whatever age you choose to defer it to. And there's finally two more provisions, one in 2025 on 401 and 403B plans. And then starting in 2027, there's a savers match. Let's cover those. Yes. So in 2025, they're going to start any new plans that come into effect for 401k or 403bs. They're actually going to have an auto enrollment feature. Now, employees can say, hey, I don't want to be auto enrolled. I don't want to contribute to a 401k, but automatically they will be enrolled. They just have to actually elect to not contribute to it. So just note that going forward, if you didn't want to contribute to a 401k, but as of 2025, you will be auto enrolled. And then in 2027, there's a savers match. So as of right now, we have a savers credit. So starting in 2027, it's actually going to be savers match instead. So it's for individuals that have lower income in general. But what the federal government is going to do is if they're contributing or making contributions to their 401k, they'll actually match the first 50% of the first 2000 that they contribute to their retirement account. So maximum would be $1,000 and the federal government is actually gonna figure out a way to automatically put that into their retirement account. The savers credit used to be a credit that you would get on your tax return, but starting in 2027, this match is actually gonna go directly into your retirement account. So (laughs) we'll see how that takes effect. I think that's why it's pushed out to 2027, because it's going to take a while to set that all up. So if we look at all of this, what's the government trying to do here? Because there's been talk about, uh, we know that, for example, in 2033, Social Security will have to be cut unless they make some changes. So if you look at the gist of what they're doing here, they're really encouraging and providing incentives for individuals and employers to start setting up retirement plans to take some of that strain off Social Security. You know, one of these things we're going to have to do, Crystal, is put together a program on all the things that come into play as you get older. 
from age 50, the catch-up provision, age 55, being able to spend or take money out of a 401k, 59 and a half, penalties no longer apply to withdrawals, age 62, social security, age 60 for widows, age 60 to 63, the provisions for the Roth, 65, Medicare, age 70, 73, and 75. I mean, it is just a laundry list of different ages of all these things that uh, kind of kick in. Well, as we close, Crystal, if our listeners would like to find out more information or maybe talk to you about all of these provisions and how it may apply to them, how could they do so? Yes, please reach out because I love going into all of Secure Act 2.0. So if you want to reach out to me, you can always reach me directly at my direct dial, which is 858-217-8147. Or if you want to send me an email, you can always do so at crystal.colbert at financialsense.com. We will be uploading. We have some slides that we went over for today. So we will upload those to the show. So if you want to take a look at that, you can, and you're more than welcome to. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really doing a lot of things to encourage you to save. But once again, it's quite complex. There's so many age limits, contribution limits, income limits, penalty limits. There's a number of things. So, uh, gosh, that's going to keep us busy for quite some time. On behalf of Crystal Colbert and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us here on Lifetime Planning. Until you and I talk again, we hope you have a pleasant week. The Financial Sense News Hour is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be considered as a solicitation or offer to purchase or sell any securities. The investments, investment strategies, and investment philosophies discussed or presented on the News Hour each involve their own unique risk factors, which are not discussed on the show. Responses to listener inquiries are based on the personal opinions of the Financial Sense staff and do not take into account listener suitability, objectives, or risk tolerance. Financial Sense News Hour and its parent company shall not be liable for any financial losses that result from investing in any companies mentioned in financial sense or arising out of the use of any material on the news hour. Please be advised that you invest at your own risk.